0: You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Go ahead and uh, grab your Bibles and uh, be turning in them over to Hebrews. We're going to be starting a new series today called Solid Food. Let me just get my clicker ready. Hope everybody's doing well, uh, good to see you on the live stream, and uh, great to be able to worship together. Great to have Mark and Celie uh, as our guest musicians and singers today, kind of guy's day, um, and uh, so it's awesome to be able to sing together. Um, so uh, we are going uh, uh, to, I want to start off with with sharing a term that uh, some of you might find offensive. Um, so I know we're, we're kind of treading into uncomfortable territory these days. This is something that I used to find offensive, but I'm trying to, to be more uh, open to seeing other, uh, you know, w- points of view and that kind of thing. I used to struggle with it, but I'm coming to terms with it. And it's the term dad bod. Uh, dad bod. Uh, you know, my kids throw that term around as if they don't care that I'm right here in the room. And uh, I'm a dad who has a dad bod. But uh, I found this uh, this cartoon. Uh, dad bods are in right now, so uh, so it's cool to have a dad bod right now. But uh, you know the thing about this term. Uh, why why is this a term? Because the struggle is real. Um, you know, you, you it's not too hard. At least for a lot of people, it's not too hard to stay in shape when you're young. But you start getting a few years behind you, getting a few kids. Uh, in your household, and you just sort of develop the dad bod. It just kind of happens over time. And, uh, you know, th- especially when we get sedentary in our lifestyle, especially when we kind of start to spend a lot of our time sitting behind a, uh, a- sitting in an office chair in front of a computer um, all day, it takes a lot of effort, it takes a lot of deliberation. To get back in shape, right? It takes uh, some discipline. You got to get up and move. You got to make some good, healthy eating choices, and uh, we're—you know—it's really the same thing spiritually. Uh, and this uh, this time that we're in, this this COVID time that we're in, uh, it. It really shows what we're made of in terms of our spiritual dieting and our spiritual exercise and just, it, you know, you can't rely on other people right now, right? It's, it's really what kind of spiritual discipline, self-discipline do you have? And so that's why we're, uh, we're, we're doing this series called Solid Food, and I'll explain what the title means in a minute, but we, we want to talk about being intentional about our spiritual activity. And doing doing things that today that will make a difference in our spiritual lives. Because whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, you are today in a spiritual battle, and uh, there are forces that are trying to affect you. Just as if you if you do nothing, most of us, if you do nothing, you're just going to get out of shape. Uh, if you do nothing spiritually, you're going to get out of shape spiritually. Because there's a spiritual battle going on, and there are things that are trying to drag you down. There are spiritual forces of evil. Uh, Ephesians 6 says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the dark realms. And uh, so that's why Paul says you've got to armor up in Ephesians 6. You've got to prepare yourself. You can't just sit there. You've got to do something. And so the title of the lesson today is called Self-Training. Self-Training. Making daily spiritual choices that strengthen us. This diagram there is, uh, is Steve Marici having, uh, doing Bible push-ups I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> <No> privacy, <man. laughs> But, uh, you know, we, we want to we make spiritual choices that strengthen us. Uh, someone said once, do something today that your future self will thank you for. It's debated who said that first. It might have been uh, the actor Sean Patrick Flannery, but he might have stole that from somewhere else. I don't know. It's a good saying. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. We got to do that spiritually. You got to make good spiritual choices. Uh, look with me over in Hebrews 5, verse 12. i get a drink of water. Hebrews 5, verse 12. Now, this is an adult water bottle, but if I were to get the, uh, some milk from a baby bottle right now, it wouldn't look right, right? Because I'm old enough now to eat solid food. And uh, that's what Paul's talking about, is spiritually having, being mature and, and, and eating healthy, eating adult food. Says in verse twelve. In fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. Paul's talking, or not Paul? We don't know who wrote he- Hebrews. It could have been Paul, um, but uh, the writer of Hebrews said, uh, "You know, you should be teachers. You should be giving at this point. You're, you should be to the point where you, it's not about what taking. You're not a spiritual taker. You're a spiritual giver. But instead, you're still needing." Someone, You're still dependent on others. You need someone to teach you the elementary teach- uh, truths of God's Word all over again. And he says, You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food, look at this verse, is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Solid food is for the mature, who've trained themselves Self-training is what we're talking about today. There's some personal responsibility that we need to take. It's natural to want solid food. Milk is just a a stage that happens at the beginning, right? It's just for infants. And we do have some spiritual infants in our group. And it's okay to be a spiritual infant. It's good. You know, milk is really important in the beginning for babies, right? It's super important. But you don't stay at that stage. And it's natural. We want to move on. I want to show you a video. This is Cora uh, moving out of... milk into solid food. What happens right here is she's actually stealing Marshall's noodles. Cora. Hi. (laughs) What are you doing? Hi. That was a good wave. Are you eating Marshall's? (laughs) 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 Hey, Cora. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) She still, uh, she still loves noodles to this day, and uh, there she is trying to steal some of Marshall's solid food um, because she want, she wants to move on, and that that should be how we are spiritually. We crave the deeper stuff. We want to move on to solid food. We don't need someone to teach us. We want to equip ourselves to be able to teach. Now, I'm not talking about we don't need others. I'll talk about that in a minute, but, but, but just maturing. A lot of us are older Christians. we got to take personal responsibility for ourselves. Where are your own personal convictions today? just want to ask you that. You know, we've been in this situation for a while now, doing church different, Bible talks different, uh, a lot of the norm, things that maybe we kind of were dependent on are, are gone. How are you doing spiritually? How are you managing your own spiritual well-being? Here the scripture saying we need to train ourselves. Again, I'm not saying you don't... The Bible is consistent. We need other relationships. We need other people in our lives. I'm not talking about not needing people, but I'm talking about not being dependent on people. That's the difference, right? When you train yourself, you're in a giving position. You're able to give away. And then, because we all go through crises when you're you really desperate for others, but the norm should be we're self-training. Amen? Uh, so we're going to talk about three areas where we... Uh, Need to self-train. Mind, body, and soul. Mind, body, and soul. Uh, we Dave preached this last week uh, in Philippians 4. I just want to read it again. It's, this is one of those passages I personally cannot get enough of. Uh, Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your, what, minds in Christ Jesus. So there's a lot there about your mind, about what you choose to do with your mind, with your thoughts. Paul's saying, make an intentional decision to rejoice always. You know, there are situations that are not rejoice worthy, we think. And I think when we think of rejoice, we think of rejoice as being like, oh, just kind of be, just be happy and just uh, like kind of go lucky, be happy, be glib. Rejoice is a, is a deeper thing. It's a decision to go, okay, I trust God in this. I, I know this is going to work for the good. It's a, it's a choice of how you set your mind about things. And, uh, and, and so he describes how to do that. He says, don't, don't give in to anxiety. Don't let anxiety control your thoughts. Instead, offer those things to God. Prayer and petition, bring all that to God in a daily situation and that, that will bring you peace and that will guard your heart and your mind and your thinking and your thoughts. Con- continuing on, he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what? Say it with me, guys. Think about such things. Those are the things we need to think about. Uh, and and Paul says, what you've learned from me, received from me, you know, you've been trained by me. Now you need to put it into practice. You got to take personal responsibility. I've trained you, Paul says. Now you got to put it into practice. You got to take some self uh, self training there, and the God of peace will be with you. Are you intentional with? your thought trains, because we can, your thoughts can carry you, you know, it's like getting on a train sometimes, and you can get carried away on either a negative thought train, or a positive thought train, Um, you know, it's kind of like YouTube, you know, if you look at a certain kind of video a couple times, YouTube's like, oh, I know what kind of videos you like, and then they're just one after another after another, like, you know, I try to fix my car, and, and so I watch a video about fixing something on my car and then, oh, you have a Prius and everything's about Priuses, you know, or, uh, you know, they, they, they just kind of, oh, I like this about music. So then they send me everything about producing music and, you know, so you got to be careful <laughs> what you look at because they're going to give you more of it. But that happens with our thoughts. You know, you kind of get on a certain thought train and you can get carried away. And again, the struggle is real. Satan is after you. Uh, Katrina gave me permission to share about this in our in our, uh Bible Talk on, on Wednesday, uh, Katrina, who's in our group, shared that she said, guys, Satan is real. Scripture and prayer work. And, you know, the struggle is real. Because she, she said Monday night in the middle of the night, she just woke up uh, from a dream. She doesn't remember what the dream was about. But she she was it was just this very emotional thing where she just felt so alone. She was just consumed with feelings of being alone, uh, being discouraged, being down. It's like she was just crying and sobbing in the middle of the night and uh, she said it was hard, I asked her if she wanted to share with you about it on video, she said she, she wanted me to share about it because it's just hard for her to even talk about it without crying because it was such an intense experience of just her thoughts all of a sudden, you know, uh, being so so down, being feeling so alone, feeling so discouraged. And she said what helped her was meditating on scripture. She said I was quoting all these scriptures to myself, you know, these scriptures that I've memorized. I'm meditating and, and remembering these passages and praying, and, and she said, "Prayer and reciting scripture." She said, "Prayer and reciting scriptures helped comfort me, and uh, uh, allowed me to try to be able to rest again. Only praying and reciting scripture helped me to be able to rest again." You know, do you have that relationship to scripture, that use of the scripture, that you use it in these times? Jesus did, right? When he was tempted in the desert, he quoted scriptures. Are scriptures your go-to for your mind, for, for the battlefield of your mind, getting your mind onto positive things. Paul says, "Excellent, praiseworthy, good things." Right? We're, we've been in a time period of thinking about a lot of negative stuff and talking about a lot of negative stuff. And some, sometimes you got to talk about that stuff. You know, if if you've been hurt, you got to talk about those hurts. If there's problems within within our culture, yes, we got to talk about those cultures. But then those problems. But then within the framework of getting it back on God and the kingdom and and truth and and jesus and and the things that are good the things that are solutions right getting our minds framed by scripture and we want to uh be able to learn this from each other and be encouraged by each other so a few weeks ago i apologize for not uh getting this to you earlier but a few weeks ago i i I mentioned that i was going to send something out for uh, you to be able to record uh one of your favorite scriptures and then we went on vacation and I didn't get it done. So I, we did it, I did it yesterday. You should have gotten an email from me if you're on our CCB group. If you're not on our CCB group, I'll just put a plug in for that. CCB stands for Church Community Builder. That's our online uh, community where you get emails of what's going on with the church and updates and things like that. Uh, just go to our website, southbaychurch.us. There's a link in the description of this video. Even if you're in another part of the country and you want to stay in the loop with what we're doing as a South Bay Church because I know it's an interesting time right now. Uh, There's people who are former members of the South Bay Church who moved somewhere else. They're still in our CCB group just because they like to see what's going on. But go to our website, southbaychurch.us, and you can contact us there or you can uh, use the connect with us uh, link that's in the description as well. We'll get you on CCB. But if you're on CCB, you should have gotten an email about uh, a tribute video. We're going to do a tribute video, a tribute to the Word of God, uh, calling it South Bay Church Scripture Readings. So it'll it'll take you a minute or two just to record a video of you reading a scripture that helps you. It doesn't have to be your favorite scripture of all time. Don't feel pressure. How do I pick? I like so many. Just pick one that you like that helps you in your spiritual journey or your spiritual walk with God and read that scripture on camera. And then we're going to use those, those, uh, those videos in our upcoming worship services. You know, we'll mix them in with our, with our worship uh, music and be able to hear some of these verses and be encouraged by one another. So do that within the next week or two, if you would. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, verse 10, Paul shares about how he uses Scripture to, to do spiritual battle in the, in the mind, in the battlefield of the mind. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So the context of this passage is Paul's talking about his own ministry. He's talking about his own, uh, uh, you know, his sphere of influence among the churches that he's influencing, and, and, and and the battle for thoughts, the battle for ideas. He's saying, we're making every thought subject to Christ. Um, so this isn't necessarily a, a command for us, like you must take captive every thought, but it's a great goal. I say that because it's impossible, right? Every thought captive to Jesus, you know, but it's a goal. Okay, okay I have this thought come into my mind. Okay, I'm going to make that, take that captive for Jesus. I'm going to take that one captive for Jesus. Because we have these thoughts, you know, in this time frame we're in, what's the new normal going to be? What's the church going to be like going forward? How long are we going to be doing this, what we're doing right now? When can we go back to meeting together? How's the church going to grow? How are we going to reach out? Is the church going to shrink? Are people going to fall away because they're not getting in-person encouragement? These can be thoughts that I have, you know. How to be a minister in this time, and how to, what's going to happen to the church? But I have to make those take those thoughts and make them captive to God, and make them captive to Jesus. Jesus is in control. God is in control. God knows what He's doing. God is teaching us something. What can I learn? Uh, and, and bring those anxious thoughts to God. Psalm one thirty nine twenty three. Uh, David says, "Search me, O God, know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts." We're going to have anxious thoughts, but we again, like Philippians said, we bring those thoughts. To God, I was thinking about this uh, scripture yesterday when I, I went on a long walk, and uh, was thinking some of those thoughts I just shared—things, uh, worries I have, concerns I have—and then I thought of this verse where Paul, uh, David says this: "But I have calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child. I am content." We're talking about solid food, right? A weaned child, a baby—constant attention. I need to feed. I need to eat. I need to eat. But, you know, once once your kid is into solid food, they're a little more content. They're still dependent on, on their parents, but they're content. That's uh, what what David, uh, I keep saying Paul because I'm in Paul mindset. That's what David's uh, mindset was with God. He, he goes, God, I'm like a weaned child. I'm dependent on you, but I don't have to be constantly just fed bottle fed by you. And I'm content. And the verse right before this, he says, I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. In other words, there's, God isn't always going to show us what's ahead. God's not always going to show us what he's doing in our lives. In fact, he often doesn't. Just read the scriptures. You, know, you see back, you see in hindsight, and if you look back, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple of Jesus, I challenge you to do that once in a while in your prayer time. Just reflect on what God has done. And when you look back, you go, oh, I see what God was doing. But in the moment, you, know, you don't know. Right? You don't know what he's doing. You don't know how he's doing it. You don't know when he's doing it. You know, he tests us, right? Uh, And and so David says, I don't concern myself with things that are too wonderful for me. There's stuff that I'm just not going to know, and I have to be okay with that. There's stuff I'm not going to understand, and I have to be okay with that. God is in control of the whole universe, the whole world, 7 billion plus people. You know, he's managing a lot, so I... Who am I to say how God should do it, or He shouldn't have done it this way, or He should do it that way? I just have to trust, and I'm going to be like a weaned child. I know He's got this. Amen? Amen? So, you know, Jesus is Lord. His kingdom come. His will be done. The church is bigger than this immediate situation. God knows what He's doing. i got to trust Him. i got to trust His Word. i got to trust the story of what He's doing in the world. And i got to make myself available for His purpose. Here I am, God. Use me however you want to use me. I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand how you're doing it, but here I am. And, uh, you know, I've calmed and quieted myself. Ultimately, we're going to have to trust God, right? How about you? Will you choose in your thoughts to recognize God's goodness? Will you choose to trust Him? Will you choose to surrender your anxious thoughts to Him and trust Him with solutions, and even, even when you don't know what He's doing? Second, second, Area of spiritual training, body. Let's talk about our bodies. First Timothy 4, 6-10, through 10, Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Uh, If you don't know, Paul was a mentor to Timothy, and he's writing this letter to Timothy, a young minister. He put a lot of training into Timothy, and now he says, Timothy, now it's time for you to train yourself. Now it's time for you to take personal responsibility for godly living. Train yourself to be godly. He says in verse 7, train yourself in, in, your, in your life. Your life should reflect godly living. Your body, uh, what you do with your body should reflect a, a godly life. And that, that, that's the context of this letter. You Think about that idea of training. He says, train yourself to be godly. You know, a lot of you have probably trained in one way or another. Maybe you trained in a, as an athlete. Maybe you've trained at a job. Maybe you've trained in the military. But a lot of us have gone through some kind of training. If you think about that word, if you think about the concept of training, would you put that along with the word fun? Not usually, right? (laughs) Training is not usually fun. Maybe that's when you get to play the game is fun, but the training part is not fun. Suffering? Would you say suffering, guys? There's usually a little bit of suffering involved, right? Usually, you know, uh, weight training, right? There's no pain, no gain with weight training. It's not like, okay you know i'm gonna my goal is not to feel any pain you know you're not gonna get your muscles are not gonna improve is training boring a lot of times it is you know if you're working on fundamentals if you're an athlete you know uh, it's it can sometimes be boring some can it be overwhelming yeah sometimes training can be overwhelming i remember getting a new job in an area I, i probably didn't deserve to have this sales job that i got and uh Boy, it was a little overwhelming at first. Like, I don't know if I'm going to learn all this in the amount of time I need to learn it. Uh, Perseverance is perseverance involved with training? I would say pretty much always. You know, isn't that what training is? It's trying to teach you. It's trying to get your body to to have uh, immediate reflexes. You know, muscle memory. You, You train, 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 train. So it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of repetition. There's a lot of time investment in training. You know, think about Steph Curry. You might like Steph Curry, might hate him. My son hates Steph Curry for no reason. I'm like, why do you hate him so much? But you know, whatever you think of Steph Curry, he spends a lot of time training. And the guys who are really good spend a lot of time. And and Steph Curry's not the tallest guy. He's not the fastest guy. So he puts a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time in. And he trains, you know, because he's not the tallest guy. He knows he's going to sometimes have to make a weird shot. So he trains making weird layups or strange shots from weird places on the court. Uh, so that he's always prepared. So he, he'll practice and practice and practice some weird layup or some weird shot just so he's ready for whatever the situation may call for. That's the kind of spiritual training we need to have. That's the kind of spiritual investment we need to have in our own spiritual well-being. I've got to train myself to be godly. Paul talks again about himself uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, his own discipline, his own ministry. And in the NLT version, I like this version here. He says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. Paul's saying if athletes work so hard, shouldn't we work hard as Christians? You know, being a Christian doesn't mean you're just passive. Being a Christian doesn't mean you just kind of float along, go with the flow. Let's see what the minister has for me this week, or let's see where my Bible talk leader takes me this week, or, you know, like you're just sort of passive. That's not the Christian life. Paul says the Christian life is training, advancing, trying to grow, right? Because it's for an eternal prize. It's so much more significant than what these athletes are going after. So in verse 26, Paul says, I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. You know, Paul's example is intense, right? He's, he's intense. And, and, you know, that's Paul. And I know none of, none of us are like Paul. None of us are on the level Paul is. But we can still aspire to that. You know, some of us are maybe more intense work ethics than others. Some of us kind of are wired that way. We just, ah, I just got to get more training. And other, others are wired more differently. Maybe some of us are a little more emotionally connected, and we, we connect, we're we better at connecting with other people or connecting with God emotionally. We all have different gifts. So what we're talking about today might not be a gift for you, and I'm not saying you have to be perfect in it, but we all got to try. We all got to try to discipline our bodies for the Lord. Uh Gina, who's a, a great uh, director in our ministry, uh, she's a, a great artist and, and, and good with the arts. I remember when we were doing the, the, this music production, uh, musical production that we did. Something that we, we heard her say uh, several times or often was, you're in charge of your own body. Meaning, like, you have to make decisions of where your body's going to go and what scene and where it's going to be. You're in charge of your own body. So we even say that, right, Marshall, in our own house sometimes. We pick that up from Gina. We're like, you're in charge of your body ben says that with his training like when he when ben's training somebody on a machine or a vehicle you are operating this vehicle you are operating this gun you are operating this camera think about what you're doing wait a minute stop what are you doing yeah that's why we got to be with our ourselves with our bodies what am i doing are we you know i am in charge of my body so there's all kinds of spiritual disciplines there's obviously your prayer your bible study your thoughts but other things i think exercising your body right your body is a temple of the holy spirit First Corinthians 6 says, uh, you know, you are not your own. You are bought at a price. Honor God with your body. Honor God with the way that you uh, eat. Honor God with the way that you, uh, you know, uh, exercise or or discipline your body. That's a spiritual thing. It's a godly thing, especially if we do it with that mindset. I'm not trying to look good uh, for Instagram. I'm trying to be healthy because I love God. And I want to honor God with my body. You know, that's a great perspective. I think other, other healthy habits... Uh, getting rest. You know, the, the Bible is really clear about Sabbath and taking time. We were does not designed to always be working. We were designed to need rest. We need rest at night. I remember thinking it was unspiritual to get eight hours of sleep. Like I got to always be serving the Lord and I would just be sick all the time. Now I get eight or nine hours of sleep even and it's, this is for the Lord. <laughs> My nine hours of sleep, I am a better person when I get eight or nine hours of sleep and it's a good thing. Uh, taking time off. Um, there, there's a scripture uh, or a scripture podcast that I've been listening to that some of you guys listen to called Bema. Uh, I'm probably on the 15th episode or something. It's it's uh, it's looking at the scriptures from a Jewish rabbinical perspective and then gleaning because uh, there's so many years of tradition of the rabbis talking about scripture and you know the Christianity is is was an offshoot of, of Judaism. So it's looking at the at the scripture through that lens. It's really good. Definitely recommend it. But looking through the book of Genesis, a theme that keeps coming back is that God is the God who knows when is enough. And so God created for six days and on the seventh day he rested. Don't you think God could keep working if he wanted to? Of course, but he's setting us an example that we need to take breaks. We need to sharpen the saw. We need to take time off so that we can serve. But that's a, that's a spiritual discipline of your body, right? Of controlling when you work, when you rest. Um, I think even just cleaning your house can be a spiritual thing. Right, uh, organizing your desk or, or being disciplined in your work or, or washing your car, that can be a spiritual thing. What was the first job of humans in the book of Genesis? To be gardeners, right? to take care of the garden. Uh, God put Adam and Eve in the garden, Gen- Genesis 2.15, to take care of it. To work it and take care of it, it says. That was before the fall. That was before there was any sin. The perfect situation was these human beings working in the garden. And so work and, 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 and cleaning and organizing that 's a spiritual discipline, especially if we if we do it for God, if we look at it as I want to be useful to God, I want to be holistically healthy. This is part of my body life. Uh, Richard Kim, who's a, a single brother in our ministry, is about to get a new household a new a new apartment in San Pedro, and the first thing he was thinking about is uh, you know he 's got a, a a little studio apartment, and then he has a garage downstairs, and so he 's like, "I want to set up my garage to be." Uh, hangout for the brothers, to be able to watch a game, and be able to reach out to people. That's the first thing in his mind as he's thinking about his space, is I want to set it up to bring glory to God. So that's a spiritual uh, outlook for your domain and what you, where you live. Does your home, workspace, uh, environment re- represent your spiritual convictions? Is that a part of, is it d- displayed in who you are? I uh, went by the Hood's house the other day and I saw this. I want to show you this video. This is the front of the Hood's apartment. Oh, did I mess it up? Here, you do it for me, honey. Oh, there we go. Be kind, share hope. Be courageous. Do not lose heart. Join us on Sunday, youtube.com slash southbaychurch. Live at 1030. That's on a very, very busy street right out there in front of their apartment. I love that. You know, they're displaying God in the way that they... Live. They're living as ambassadors, even at their household, even in the way that they're they're using their house. Um, how can you? Do you believe that you can serve God in spiritual impact with your body, even during this time that we're in? I heard recently about a a disciple who sent a bunch, just sent a bunch of emails to coworkers saying, "Hey, would you study the Bible?" and got somebody to study the Bible uh, over Zoom. You know, just. I, I'm not just in this retreat mode. I'm in an advance and serve and use my, my body for the Lord. That leads to our last, uh, our last area of spiritual training, our soul. Mind, body, and third, soul. Uh, there's some, several passages in, in, uh, in the Psalms that are interesting. The same phrase is in three uh, Psalms where David says, Why, O my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. You know, this encourages me because my soul is downcast uh, sometimes. Uh, You know, especially lately, I think just the combination of COVID uh, divisions in the world and in our country, in the church... Um, You know the media, the news, etc. I don't know. Maybe it's you know my age, my kids are getting they're they're about to get on into their own life, Uh, middle being middle aged, losing my hair. I don't know. It's just like I've been downcast, you know, sometimes, and I have to talk to my own soul. I got to get discipline my own soul. Put your soul where it needs to be. You know, I love that song, uh, song that we sang a minute ago that, that Silu led us in. It's, it's from another one of David's psalms where he says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And then he just goes on and we sang all these things about God and who God is. You know, trying to get His own soul where it needs to be. Get His soul on, focus on God. So for me, that's counting my blessings on a daily basis. It's recounting what God has done. There's a lot of psalms about that. It's remembering who God is as this psalm does. But as I mentioned earlier, we're at war and there's nothing more valuable than your soul. And So you've got to make sure you're doing, uh, taking care of your soul, that you're investing in your soul, that you're protecting your soul. All of us that have a phone, or at least most of us that have a phone, put some kind of, you know, I have this nice rubber case on mine. It never comes off. I don't even know how to take it off. I'm just going to take it off and show you. You know, why? Because I drop it frequently. You know, I want to make sure I take care of my phone. It's an investment. How much more an investment is your soul? And yet we can be cavalier about our souls sometimes. What we allow in. Uh, what, what, what we let ourselves see. What we let ourselves saturate in. Uh, 1 Peter 2.11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Peter says there are, there are desires that are warring against your soul. That are, There are spiritual forces, evil, that are after your soul. And so we've got to make sure we're taking care of ourselves spiritually. We're we are having self-training in all these areas. Mind, body, soul. And you see all of them in this passage. Uh, personally, you know, thinking about this this. Uh, scripture thinking about this lesson i decided to go on a media detox this week so um, i had no i was watching no shows i was watching uh no news no podcasts except spiritual you know uh podcasts like a you know sermon podcasts or and no no secular music just spiritual music uh, it was really hard. I thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. I'm just going to be so happy. And it was actually hard. I was like, every day I wanted to watch the news. I wanted, because I, I've just got so used to it. And the thing it really showed me is how much media I consume. You know, I'm brushing my teeth and I'm watching the news or I'm, you know, doing a mowing the lawn and I'm listening to a podcast. I just consume a lot of media. And I think it was good for me. I, I you know, I don't know what's going on in the world. I heard about the, the bombing in Lebanon or the the, uh, the explosion in Lebanon, rather, just kind of through seeing on Steve's cell phone, or you know, hearing hearing little bits of it, I don't know too much about it, but uh, but you know, it was distracting. Even trying to write this lesson, uh, you know, I'm I'm sitting here in my garage. That's this is my kind of office space now. And and I heard some overheard something in in the alley. Somebody was playing something over their speaker. There's a bunch of businesses in our alley, and uh, you know, it, it it brought up a question in my mind because it was a little bit of a radio program. So then I'm on on google and i'm googling it and i'm wikipedia and i'm like then i'm like what am i doing you know just so easily distracted by all of this stuff and uh and, and so it was good for me to do this i'm not saying you have to do that but you might at least take a day or, or take a few days and, and spend some time I, I will say i will confess i there is a show that dust and i watched so i did watch that with her and she, i was the one asking her if we could watch i guess because i wanted a little bit of tv you know uh, we watched a, f- a few episodes of that but, uh, but in closing, you know, will you make daily spiritual choices to be strengthened? Will you choose to make daily spiritual choices to train yourself in your mind, your body, and your soul? There are so many spiritual resources available to you. Obviously, we have our own, um, you know, our own church uh, here and our YouTube channel. You can go back and watch other uh, other sermons that we've done. You can watch other services that we've done. There's all kinds of other great. We're part of a family of churches called the International Churches of Christ, and there's a lot of our churches that have lots of great resources. Uh, DisciplesToday.org is um, our, uh, our our kind of our 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 hub for all of our churches. We have 700 plus churches around the world, and DisciplesToday.org is kind of our hub, and there's a lot of great resources on there. Uh, Jackie had the idea of uh, highlighting one of those resources. On a weekly basis on this uh, live stream, so we, we will probably do that uh, going forward. But Jackie, uh, speaking of Jackie, she's been doing these encourage my soul quiet times with sisters from all over the world, and and uh, some of our own sisters have have shared in that. A lot of us have been doing the read scripture app every day, which is so good. I love it, and it's got uh, the uh, the Bible Project videos embedded in it. Uh, there's also the crown that last book that we're going through now. A lot of us. There's a lot of things that you can use to 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 to. You know, build yourself up spiritually to train your mind and your train your body and your soul. but I, I want to challenge you to make a decision to, d- to pick something that you're going to do. pick some spiritual regimen that you're going to do this week, uh, either in your Bible study or your prayer life or your discipleship or your evangelism. but pick some spiritual regimen and you go, "I'm going to train this week in this area uh, and and make that decision today, please because uh, we've got to make decisions now here's the thing when you do that will you fail will you fail guys yeah you're gonna fail you know you're gonna if you try to train a lot of training is failure right that's what training is i mean marshall was a pole vaulter did you get it over the pole over the thing every time marshall uh most times you don't (laughs) most times you don't it's the occasional time you get over that that uh, bar when you're pole vaulter and that's what gets you better and better but you you knock that bar off most times if you're getting over every time, it's too low. If you're getting over every time, it's too low. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so spiritually, spiritually, training, getting better is going to involve tons and tons and tons and tons of failure. But when you're a pole vaulter, you you land. You don't land in the dirt. Uh, hopefully, you land on this big square foam thing that that breaks your fall. And so that's why we have grace, that's why we have God, that's why we have a relationship with God. We can take risks, we can step out, we can try things spiritually, and then we're going to fail, but we have grace to help us. We have Jesus. So our theme passage in Hebrews, if you back up a little before uh, the the, the scripture about solid food, it says, During Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petition with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son that he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became a source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now, this is interesting and we don't have time to really get into this deeply, but Jesus was trained. Jesus was refined. Jesus was perfect, but he still was mature. It says he matured. He was made perfect. Does that mean he wasn't perfect before? No, he was perfect before, but he matured. He Through what he suffered, he was trained. He went through it all, and he was perfect. And so he can... He can relate to us. Anything that we go through, he's there for us. And the Hebrew writer also says that he can intercede for us in our weakness. He was tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. He's the perfect reflection of God. So he He, he is the, the thing that we're striving towards. He is always there for us. So when you do blow it with your self-discipline, when you do stumble in you know, your work ethic or in your behavior or you get way off track or you look at stuff you shouldn't look at or you go down a a, a rabbit hole of negative emotions, you know, Jesus is there. Jesus is there when we fall. That's the gospel. That's the good news that Jesus lived a perfect life because you can't, because you won't. Does that mean we don't try? No, we, we do our best. We give our best to God, not so that we to earn his favor, but because of his favor, because of His grace, we give our lives as living sacrifices back to Him. We go, I've been bought at a price, therefore I honor God with my body, right? That's what 1 Corinthians 6 said. Not, I'm not doing this so God will love me. God loves me as the worst sinner I could possibly be, but that's why I want to get better. That's why I want to improve. That's why I want to train myself spiritually. So let's, let's close for communion with this thought that He is the source of eternal salvation for all who are obey him eternal salvation meaning not just that we have eternity with God which is true eternal salvation meaning that that salvation is always there it's always there when we fall it's always there when we fail that it's a perpetual grace that comes through Jesus and his blood All through our training, all through our spiritual failures, as we are learning and as we are growing and as we are striving and as we are changing and as we are being transformed, Jesus is with us. Amen. He's the source of eternal salvation for those who obey him. Let's pray for communion. God, thank you for this time to remember Jesus and to remember the gospel. Remember his perfect uh, example for us and remember his body and blood given for us. God, I pray that as we uh, spend time in meditation and reflection, as we take the bread, which is His body, and the, the, the juice, which is His blood, that we remember the price that was paid to, to buy our mind, bodies, and souls for You. And God, that we would, uh, we would reflect that in the choices that we make. And uh, thank You for this time of remembrance. Thank You that we could share in communion together on the live stream in this way all at the same time taking communion as the South Bay Church. And uh, we honor you. We glorify you. We give you all praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.